0: Everybody, my name is Pastor Keon Henderson. I give leadership to the Lighthouse Church, and two weeks in a row, we decided, you know what? Let's go out into the elements. So, if you hear again, I got a man next door. He loved to fix on cars doing taping time. So, if you hear that, uh, forgive him. If you hear some birds come above our head, just know if his eyes on the sparrow, then his eyes are on you. But I can tell you what you are going to hear. You're going to hear the word of God directly from the mouth of two prophets uh, who have been studying to show themselves approved. To my right, yes. Pastor Hammond of our West Campus, and to his right, Pastor Torrance Moore, uh, who gives leadership uh, as the assistant pastor to the entire organization. And you are here, and we are excited to share with you uh, what God has given us. This is what we call Tackle the Text, and this is just our futile approach uh, to uh, explain what you may have heard, uh, on the ensuing weeks and have a continuing conversation so you heard over the last couple weeks uh this message that we have been talking about dealing with distractions and it's become a two-week conversation because there are so many distractions uh black america is distracted by what is happening in the social justice arena uh, white america is distracted by what is happening in their arena uh, poor america Is distracted by what is happening uh, with the upper echelons and the upper echelons are distracted by what is happening with Mm. the stock market it just doesn't Mm. matter who you are what you have Uh, we're all given 168 hours a week and that doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or you are barely making it we all have some choices and decisions to make and so I made a decision uh, through the Word of God and the unction of the Holy Ghost to actually share with you some ways On how to deal with distractions because we all have been there we all are either there and I remember when I was in church they would say it this way you're either in a storm just come come out out of a storm or you're on your way into a a storm storm. and the same thing is true of distraction you're either distracted about to be distracted or just finished being distracted so I'll toss it to you guys as we start Uh, we uh, we are in Thessalonians chapter 2 verse number 18 I'm gonna read it uh, so that way, those of you all who haven't been with us on this conversation, I implore you to go to our YouTube channel uh, and search uh, at the Lighthouse Church uh, keyword, myself, Keon Henderson, and search a sermon uh, called Dealing with Distractions um, from 2021 uh, marked uh, from a timestamp perspective. In First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18 says, for we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, in fact, tried again and again, but Satan distracted us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that that was, that was amazing. Satan hindered us in yeah. the King James Version yeah. of the Bible. So you guys were here. Uh, let's just kind of talk about it and bless the people of God.
1: Well, you know, being hindered, Reverend, you know, <laughs> that might be the story of so many Christians' lives, so many yeah. saints' lives, man, is that, that hindrance that we feel when we're trying to, just to take two steps forward, mm. seem as if the enemy always has something right there to take you back to where you came from. And that, that's been the cycle in most people's lives, you know. Mm. Two steps forward, I'm going right back. Two steps forward, going right back. And those two steps forward may be that deliverance for that time. And then you get caught up because I remember the last, on last week, you know, we don't break cycles. Yeah. yeah. So then we go right back to the same thing. And that's a constant move. We're not really making traction. We just being busy in one place.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I thought about traction. I thought about hindrance. You just yeah. you just talked about that. And for me, what what has really hindered me most in my life is my insecurities. Mm. Yeah. And uh, my insecurities have been my distractions. Mm. Um, and and in studying this text, uh, the Lord just shared something with me. He said, if if you let your um, insecurities or your distractions uh, fuel your values, you won't be able to add value. Wow! So in other words, we've got to change our, our perspective and get out of our mindset that the focus is on our insecurities. No, let's move the focus on the areas that we are strong in yeah. because those areas that we're going to strong in are going to overpower the areas that we're low Absolutely.
0: in. You know, I read uh, one quote that says that confidence is silent insecurities out loud mm. and that, that all of us deal with insecurities. And when we started the, the, the conversation off on Sunday, we talked about uh, distraction and I gave this definition. I said a distraction by definition is a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to a thing. Mm. That a distraction isn't this thing that that totally uh, pulls us away. Yeah. That, that sometimes you can actually be in the relationship that you're supposed to be in and sometimes you can be on the job that you're supposed to be in. But see, a distraction is not the thing that fully pulls you away. It's just the thing that keeps you from giving your full self to, to the thing, yeah. right? And so um, a house divided against itself will not stand. Will not stand. And, and I wanted to push the idea uh, that, that all distractions are not loud, that that some distractions are still and and stealth and quiet Mm -hmm. and and you can be thinking well pastor I'm right where I'm supposed to be I'm I'm with my soulmate but but sometimes you can turn a relationship with a soulmate into a soul stir because you're not fully vested and and you're not uh fully there and and speaking as a person who's been busy uh, a better part of my life I've been preaching since 14 years old mm-hmm. uh, God has blessed me to travel the world preaching the gospel and and consequently I've I've had entrepreneurial endeavors mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. intertwined in that and, and and got an eight-year-old daughter and sometimes you struggle to figure out how to not be distracted and yeah. and and I found out that one of the ways uh, to be successful if you have a lot on your plate is to treat everything in your life with respect on the day that is important, mm. mm-hmm. That's right? So if, I'm a, if I decide that, that today, you know, we're here at church and, and we're getting it out, yeah. I probably, at this very moment, I'm not being a good father, right? I'm not oh, being yeah. a good father, not to say I'm not a good father, but at this moment, I am not investing in that relationship. Right. Right. But tomorrow, when it's her day, I can't be here. So I've heard it said this way, that when you are busy, that you have to treat life like a juggler. And and you have to juggle every moment of your life and just make sure that you touch everything Mm -hmm. and know that if you touch anything too long, you're going to drop the mm -hmm. other thing. Mm -hmm. You guys Mm -hmm. are pastors. You are fathers. You are husbands. You are entrepreneurs. I want you to look in the camera each individually and let somebody know that that as as saved as you are and as filled
2: with the Holy Spirit (laughs) as you are, you too, like them, still get distracted. For me, Pastor, I I like what you just said about the juggler because you you have told us on many occasions, let the main thing be the main thing. Now, a lot of us will get distracted in that the main thing is my child, as you said, or the main thing is my job. But the reality is when you're going to have balance, you gotta juggle them all. Yeah. You gotta make all the main things the main thing. And that's gonna bring balance to your life. That everything that's important, you gotta bring balance to it by focusing on the main thing.
1: Absolutely. Uh when you were talking about that, Pastor, I was thinking, I said, man, you know, I have to be uh transparent because especially when you're talking about relationship and distractions and uh being present, being there when you're there. Mm. You know. Uh, <clears throat> it's easy to, to, to allow things uh to, to, to get in the way of that. Like like especially when you know I'm I'm honest with myself and, and if I allow myself to sit in one place too long, I become bored. Mm. And when I get bored, then distractions creep in on me because I need something to to pique the interest. Yeah. And for a lot of people, when you don't know yourself, you don't realize that you might be getting bored sometimes with, wh- with where you are and you need something to pique your interest. But then distractions come in because you're not really uh, aware, of who, aware of who you are. Like Now that I'm aware of who I am, I don't, I don't uh, allow distractions to take my attention so much because I know that if I do start swaying off a little bit, i find myself in a place I don't want to be in. I I think what you just said is you
0: have absolutely described what most of us need to do and what I saw the woman with the issue of blood do. See, remember the Bible says that she has spent all of her money on doctors and medicine and Mm -hmm. none of them could do her any good. See, all of those are really distractions because the objective was for her to really he get to the doctor. To the doctor. But, but watch what she learned. And you said this. You said, yeah. I learned myself, and I learned how to talk to myself. And yeah. I'll say to myself, yeah. don't do this or don't do that. Yeah. Notice what the Bible says, that the woman had spent all of her money on the doctors and their medicine could do no good mm-hmm. but when she saw Jesus the Bible yeah. says she said to herself said to herself if I could just touch the hem of his garment yeah. yes, I know I'll be made whole yeah. so I think that one of the objectives that we should learn from distractions is that out of distraction should come a self conversation yes yeah. that you should be able to after being distracted uh, or disenfranchised you should be learning how to talk yourself in and talk yourself out of being distracted by those things, the woman said, "I, I, I'm going to say to my, if I could just touch the hem of his garment." No, yes. And she said that to herself while the disciples are creating this barricade around Absolute Jesus, right. trying to keep her away. But it, it just showed me that if you talk to you, it don't matter what they say it
2: about you or to absolutely,
1: you. Reverend, because you're hearing yourself. Yeah. yeah, because talking to yourself uh, keeps you locked in on the on the purpose. Yeah. yeah, you know, I have to talk to myself to keep me locked in on the purpose. And they say, well honestly being married is a choice every day right yeah so i I talk to myself so i can stay locked in on the purpose hey don't don't listen to everything you hear Mm -hmm. don't see everything you that you see don't watch everything you see see i talk to myself to keep myself locked in on the purpose and i don't start hearing all the stuff it's a lot of chat out here right
0: that's good man it's chat out here man and i i described uh distractions And I want you all, if you didn't see the message on Sunday, again, go to YouTube and type in Dealing with Distractions. It's 1 Thessalonians 2 and 18, but watch this. I said that distractions come in three basic forms. There it is. Mm -hmm. That distractions come in three basic forms. Here it is. Number one, the enemy comes to distract you first and primarily with your identity. Your identity, identity is constantly being challenged. And the enemy understands that if he can distract you from knowing who you are, are. then he can keep you from accomplishing what you've created, what you've been created to accomplish. Mm. He will attack Mm -hmm. your identity over and over and over. And he will have people in your life who won't understand your worth and they will speak ill of you. And you will be fighting a vapor of an imagination about who they say you are as opposed to who you actually are. So it's your identity. Number two. The second distraction that the enemy always uses is he not only distracts identity, he but he distracts yeah. rhythm. Yeah. Rhythm. Yeah. He will either try to speed you up.
1: Yeah. Or slow, or you, slow down. you down.
0: Yeah. He will have you making decisions out of season, or he will have you delaying. Yeah. yeah. Decisions, yeah. and you will miss your season. Yes. Yes. So, so you got to understand that, that he's an on time God yeah. and to everything, there is a time, time under things. the heavens and a season Come and on. a point yes, of time yes, to yes, a set in. So, yes, so you got to always be in the season, yes. even if you're not on time. Yes, sir. And then the third thing that we said was that he will present you with a counterfeit. Yeah. And I thought that Ooh. that was amazing yeah. because <laughs> to, in order to, to qualify for being a counterfeit, it actually means that it bears resemblance to the authentic. And sometimes the enemy will put something in your life that looks exactly what God promised. But Mm. there's just one thing about it. There's just one thing about it it doesn't have. If it's a counterfeit bill, it may have, it may have everything on it, the right president, yeah. the right texture, the right feel, but it may be missing the strip yeah. on yeah. the inside. Yeah. And that strip matters. matters. If it, it matters. Even if it has 99 of the right things, if it doesn't have yeah, this one, one thing, thing not worth, then it is not valid. And um, they always say that imitation is the, the best form of flattery. Mm-hmm. But, but the devil is after your identity, he's after your rhythm, and he's after your perception. He will give you a counterfeit thing, and you will assume that it is real. Man. Did you all identify with those three uh, assumptions or, or, or edicts that I made as about as it relates to being distracted?
2: Yeah, yeah, Pastor. And I, and I liked how in when you started the message, you talked about distractions as distraction. Yeah. And yeah, I wanted to ask yeah. you if I could. What immediately popped in my mind was the, the place as, as a young boy when you were working at Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. I can imagine... Uh, over time, as I've seen, I've never had the pleasure of working uh, in that kind of environment, but I've seen it, um, that as food and things get on the floor, it gets slippery. Ooh, man, you just took me back to 16 years <laughs> It, it gets slippery, yes. and and you have to learn how to uh, still work. Yeah. You know, now, in today's time, they've got these special shoes that you can put yeah, on, yeah. but but tell us about that. How, how did you stay balanced? When there was no traction on man, the floor. you
0: know what? I, I never would have thought about that. You're absolutely right. By the time you finish throwing that meat yeah. on that bread and the, salad and, then, and the salad hits the ground and the water, because you, back in those days, I don't know how they do it now, but when I was working at Taco Bell as a young man, you had to boil the meat and you had to take it out of this big metal pot. And with these tongs, yeah. and the water would drip on the floor. So you got water down there, you got meat down there, you got and grease down there, you got salad down yeah. there. And, and you do lose your balance. But here's the way you keep it. When you work at a fast food restaurant, you have a section. Mm. So as long as you stay in your place... <laughs>
2: See, I knew you were going to pull a revelation out of it. That's why I asked.
0: As long as you stay in your place. See, yeah. the problem is is if you're running down there with the prepper or you're running down there with you're the You're not rapper, familiar with that area. You're not familiar with that area. And yeah. anytime you're trying to get from where you've been positioned to somebody else's lane, <laughs> then you run into... To imbalance. Right. Yeah. Wow. So the way I stay balanced is I just stay where I was put. So wow. so the
2: true the true traction is staying where God has planted you.
0: I think that's good traction. I think it's a great question. I never yeah, would have thought yeah, about man. it. Um but 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 I think it's absolutely being in your lane. Um and it's also making sure that you deal with anything in between you and what you're and standing on yeah. and the surface. Yeah. Because distraction comes when something creeps in. Yeah. Between you and what you're standing what on. You're standing between on. you and what you're working on. Yeah. Between you and who you're loving on. Yeah. Between yeah. you and what you're trying to accomplish. And I think that you've got to be aware that the enemy is trying to sneak something in between you and purpose yeah. uh, so that on. you will have yes, no traction. No traction Woo. is a dis-traction. Dis-traction. dis distraction. This means apart. Yeah. 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 And 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 the second part of distraction in the latter, in the Latin, means to drag away. drag away. So, really, a distraction is anything that the enemy uses to drag, drag you away, away from the mark. Yeah, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. And right now, some of you all have a mark mm, that is mm, set mm. before you, it's a prize for the upward call, but, but something is trying to drag you away. And, and it's a slow drag. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It's yeah. a slow drag. You don't even realize sometimes you're you being g- dragged. Away. Yeah. You don't realize you're being pulled away. Right. You don't recognize that you don't have much surface to surface contact. And before you know it, you slip and you fall because something snuck in. Hey, everybody, we just wanted to stop right in the middle of this conversation to give you an opportunity to give. You know, I'm thinking right now of my college days. I remember being a pastor at the age of 21 while I was in college. I also remember being a full-time student and a basketball player all at the same time. I'm 39 years old. I've been saved since the age of 6 years old. So that means I've been walking with Jesus for 30 years, almost 34. One thing that I've been taught by my mother and every spiritual leader that I have had is the importance of giving. And let me tell you, when I was in college, those were some of the roughest years of my life. I tore my ACL in that time. I broke my foot in that time. I had so many difficult moments in that time. And you know what? It's the only time I remember not tithing. It's the only time I remember when I wasn't a cheerful giver. It's the only time I remember not giving as consistently as I have given as an adult. I'm telling you, you can always trace your famine back to when you were not planting seed. I want you to make sure that you always have seed in the ground so that no matter what season it is, you always got a harvest coming up out of the ground. They're getting ready to put instructions up on the screen right now that will show you how you can take part in giving. And giving is a privilege. It is an honor to be able to give because if you give, That means God has blessed you with something to give. It's about being generous. So if you're Lighthouse 2.0, make sure you're using Givelify. If you're an online watcher, that means you either watch us online or you are based here in Houston and you're just watching online until we can come back together. Make sure you text it. Make sure you go online at lhhouston.church. Make sure that you go through our app, TLHC. In the store i want you to make sure that you're giving at the right places but let me tell you god has a harvest and a blessing that's so big that you currently do not have room enough
2: to receive it be blessed be a blessing now here's the second half pastor you know what i'm thankful for in spite of things dragging me away and i'll stay in my lane with with automotives in cars, there's something called traction control. Uh, yeah, yeah. And in traction control, what happens is that when one tire is slipping uh, because there's no traction, it the car understands I've got to divert more power and friction on another tire so it can have traction. And, and all the wheels will work simultaneously where this one is slipping, this one is working. And that's the Holy Spirit. Mm. That when something is trying to drag, see if, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and we don't have the tracks of control, we'll stay in the ditch. We'll stay mm. into the things that have causing us to to have failures and be by the wayside. But the Holy Spirit will lead mm. us and guide us mm. yeah. to all truth. And it will begin to turn all of our wheels and we can get out of the situation ourselves.
0: So the Bible says that Paul was going to Thessalonica mm-hmm. yeah. and, and he went over and over again, but, but Satan hindered us. Hindered. Mm. And, and when I looked at that, uh, as we said, you're so tempted to look at Satan, right. yeah. but the objective is hindered. They, they escorted Paul out of the city of Thessalonica at
1: night, at at night.
0: night and he was just there to help them. Mm. <laughs> he just came there to preach the gospel to them to make sure that they could one day say like you and I, that I am saved and mm. that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. That's mm, what he that's went there for. The only it. purpose he went there for. And the Bible says, it says that they escorted him out in the night. They escorted him out. And when I saw that, Paul went again. Yeah. But because of their friction, he turned around and went away. went away. And what I brought from that was sometimes God will use a person to escort you out of a thing Because you don't understand that it was time to move on from the thing. Wow! And that sometimes God will use a person to escort you out and you'll be trying to stay and you'll be trying to be faithful and you'll be trying to keep the relationship going and you'll be trying to keep the friendship going. And you don't understand that they don't want what you want, Mm. that they that they that some people only want what you have, but they don't want who you are and when what you have changes and who you are changes, they'll escort you out at night. And Paul said, no, no, I wanna stay, I wanna stay. (laughs) But they're saying, you gotta go. And sometimes I think that we need to learn to appreciate the people who escorted us out.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. I mean, how many of you would ever get to the point where you appreciate the boss that fired you? Because sometimes the business comes out of, my mother, you talk about Taco Bell, my mother at the age of 16, me her own son her own son fired me because I wasn't working hard I wasn't showing up to work she mm. said she said just because you are my son doesn't mean that I'm gonna give you carte blanche and you're going I'm gonna treat you just like I treat everybody else and mm. now as a boss myself as an entrepreneur myself I make sure that everybody's treated fairly uh-huh. I did yeah. not recognize that being let go at 16 would affect who I am at 30